Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. All right. Well, good morning, church family. And, uh, you know, guys, you did a great job asking those questions, but you did say it would be a simple response to figure out how old you were. You know, I'm around here, and I've got Pastor Jonathan telling me how youthful I am, and I have Dr. Ben around here who tells me how old I am. So it's not always an easy question. But listen, there is one question, had you had it on the survey, I would have had no problem answering very, very quickly, without hesitation. If you would have asked me, Keith, if you could be alive at any other time in human history other than right now, when would it be? I would say I would want to be alive when Jesus was on earth with his disciples. I wouldn't have to be one of the 12. I just want to tag along. I would love to be there, have Jesus right there physically with me. So much so that about 10 years ago, I went on a study trip with what Israeli tourism called uh, the Jesus Trail, and I walked alone from Jesus' hometown in Nazareth, over 20 kilometers a day through all kinds of terrain, all the way to Jesus' ministry headquarters at the north end of the Sea of Galilee, the town of Capernaum. And uh, Uh, It was just so exciting because I saw the fields, the mountains, the trees, the flowers, the birds that Jesus used in his illustrations. It just really came alive. And and, and I, I remember being up in northern Galilee outside of Capernaum because Jesus would get up in the morning in Capernaum and then he would find a solitary place to pray to his father. And I'd go out there and I'd try and find places to hide, you know, places where I could pray and, and and Jesus' followers saw that. First they thought, what's he doing out there praying to the Father when he could be helping people? Then they got to see that the reason why he was able to help people because he prayed to his Father. And they, and they came to a point where they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to have that power and that direction from the Father. And Jesus taught them to pray. Our Father who art in heaven. We, Jesus gave them the words to pray pray when they didn't know how to pray. Now watch that. That, That's the first thing that happens with Jesus. Jesus helps his disciples when they don't know what to pray. And then I think one of the favorite times in being with Jesus and his disciples when he was physically on earth would have been the Q&A time. Jesus would tell a parable to the crowd, but then he'd get together in his community group, his small group, and he would break it down. He would say, now here's the deeper meaning of that parable. Here's what I was talking about there. And they would ask questions. Jesus, we prayed for a guy and he wasn't healed. Why wasn't he healed? Why are people getting sick anyway? Is it because they sinned or their parents sinned? Jesus, when are you going to set up your kingdom? They could ask questions, and Jesus would open the scriptures to them. You know, here's what happened here. Secondly, 
we see that Jesus leads his disciples into all the truth they needed to succeed. He didn't download everything. Here's the, here's the, here's what's, how it's all going to come down. No, no. He revealed to them as much truth as they could handle at the time. As much as they needed to be successful at, at the time. And then third, Jesus would come alongside with his disciples with personal encouragement. All right? Can you imagine being out there in the crowd and, and worried about how you were going to pay that month's bills and then uh, how you were going to pay those Roman taxes and then, and then G- you hear Jesus out there in the fields and he says, look at the flowers, your father, heavenly father takes care of them. See that bird up there? It doesn't worry where its food's going to come from tomorrow. The Heavenly Father's taking care of them. You're much more valuable than those birds in the sky the Father's going to take. He would just come alongside and give them that personal encouragement. And then the fourth thing that would happen is you were just with Jesus day after day. Jesus empowered his disciples to bring his life to people. All right? First year or so, it was sort of watching Jesus, right? Jesus would touch someone and they were healed. Jesus would teach something and the life was transformed. And then Jesus says, okay, Luke 9, he says, you 12, you go do it. Do for people what you've seen me do. And and I'll go with you. I'll I'll give you power to do that. Then the next chapter, Luke 10, he sends out the 72. Um, do, Do you see what's happening here? Having Jesus right there with you. Every time you need a, a question answered or you need encouragement or, or you need guidance or you need power, Jesus is right there to, to give it to you. I mean, you could get used to this. So you can imagine. It's all so understandable why they had horrified faces one day, heavy hearts, and fear of the future when Jesus says, he announces to them, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm returning to the Father in heaven. But then Jesus quickly goes on to say, but I will ask the Father and he will send his Holy Spirit and it'll be just the same as when I was with you physically. The Spirit will be with you to do those very same things spiritually. He'll do that for you. Going forward... Disciples, the Spirit is going to help you when you don't know what to pray. He'll give you the words. The Spirit will lead and guide you into all truth. As much as you need to succeed, that's how much he'll tell you. And disciples, the Spirit, you know, in those discouraging times, he will come alongside you to encourage you. And he will give you power to be my witnesses, to bring life to other people. Now, that's why I'm so excited about what I'm going to be able to lead our community groups into in the month of November, because we're going to have um, a study about how the Holy Spirit really does this for us from day to day. And however much you've experienced this, let's go deeper with Holy Spirit helping us when we pray, leading and guiding us into all truth, helping us when we're discouraged, and empowering us to, to help other people. Looking forward to And then, November 2-2, that Sunday evening, we're going to have a, a, a gathering 
And we're going to lead people into an experience, a spiritual experience that the disciples experienced where Jesus said, the Holy Spirit's going to come and give you this experience, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm, why? Because Jesus wants you in the 21st century to have the same help that he gave his disciples in the first century. And then his spirit gave the church later in the first century. He wants you to have that help. Now, here's the context. Jesus is about to leave earth and ascend into heaven. And just before going, he tells his disciples basically whatever, wherever, and whenever. Not whatever, like resignation, whatever, designation. He's designated. He's, he, this is how it's going to work. Whatever, wherever, and whenever. Here it is. It's all recorded in Luke 24. Look at this. He opened their minds to understand the scripture. Now just notice that. He, Jesus, opened their minds to understand the scripture. Just a quick aside here. That's what the Holy Spirit does for us. <laughs> when we're in the scriptures, it's the spirit that opens our minds so that we can understand. Anyway, and he said, yes, it was written long ago. God's had this plan for centuries. From before time began. Yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed. What message? The message that Jesus died and rose from the dead. The good news, the gospel, would be proclaimed in the authority of his name. How far? To all the nations. All the nations. Starting just with you guys in Jerusalem, going to all the nations. Can you imagine that? The, the, the disciples are told that you guys are going to be part of a worldwide success, an international success. What you have, what you tell others about, it's going to end up going to all the nations. Now, fast forward 20 centuries. Did it work? What happened in Jerusalem has now come to this nation called Canada. How are you here? Because in the first century, the Spirit came and helped those first followers of Jesus to tell others. In the second century, there were followers that helped others. They, they went through all kinds of things, but the fourth century, the Spirit, it wasn't just about them, it was the Spirit helping them, and they told others, and that brings us right up to now. How many understand it's our turn now? to be helped by the Holy Spirit to reach the next generation, to reach other Torontonians, other Canadians, other people, wherever you're watching from, in your neighborhood, in the orbit of your life, to reach them with this good news. In other words, whatever God has done in your life so far prepares you to participate in this Big plan. The only success that will ultimately succeed. Jesus said this is going to all nations, and that's how it got to Canada. That's, that's, how, it's, that's how we have confidence going forward, because we know he keeps his word. See, every century, you know, we can look at our life now, yeah, but this is going, listen, every century has had its share of crisis, like pandemics, corrupt politicians like, no, don't fill in the blank, Economic breakdowns, societal injustices, and watch this, throughout the centuries, not one of those injustices, breakdowns, corruptions, not one of those setbacks or crises has been able to stop God's plan from moving forward. He, he, his plan is going to succeed. 
He says, I'll build my church and the, the worst that hell can throw at it will not be able to stop what I am going to build through my people through the ages. Right now, I mean, here we are all over the planet. We've got people with masks on their faces and fear in their hearts. And they're wondering, what's the outcome of the U.S. elections that's going to affect the next number of years? What about the interference of Russia? The increasing aggression of China and loose cannons like North Korea. It's a good time now in these COVID days just to remind ourselves that if we are a follower of Jesus Christ, we have dual citizenship. We are here on this planet with a purpose. Let's reach people and let's take good care of this planet. Let's be good stewards of our environment. But how many understand our permanent home is not here? It's with the Lord in heaven forever. And Jesus isn't up for re-election. Jesus will be the permanent ruler. He will rule forever and ever. And we will be with him. All right. Now, now right now, right now we're in a time though where we're, uh, we're on this planet. And if you're like most people, whether you're in this room in Toronto or you're with me online, wherever you are in the world, haven't your plans been sort of turned upside down by COVID or at least modified by COVID? I mean, we're in a time where we're wearied by COVID, worn by social injustices, weirded out by politics and wishing we could go maskless. You know, some, some are so fed up with physical distancing, others are fed up with physical closenessing because <laughs> you're with the same people all the time. How many are in desperately need of a hug? I hear from people in our church family say, oh, I miss seeing people in the lobby, seeing the hobby, and just getting that, that encouragement, that, that hug. I've got two hugs from you from the Bible. Here's the first one. First hug from the Bible is this. We are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak, mortal, insert here, COVID potential, hit bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. How many received that hug? <laughs> and here's another hug for you from the Bible. The apostle Paul said, he says, I consider that our present sufferings, what are you going through right now? along with other people on the planet, and you have your own personal stuff, our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. How many are thankful that our permanent residence is in heaven where things will follow Jesus' will forever and forever? All right. Now, the first century disciples, in Luke 24, Jesus is about to ascend into heaven. And he says, you know, you're going to take this good news of what I've done. I died. I rose for people. You're going to take this to all the nations. And they're saying, who? Who's going to do this? How? And he says, you're the who. And you will do. You'll be successful. Look at verse 48. He says, you are witnesses of all these things. Now, so how did they do? Well, if the first century disciples. Let's say we took six representatives from the early church, okay? Some of the apostles. Let's bring in Peter and then the apostle Paul. Let's bring in Mary and Martha. 
and a wonderful couple that worked in the church, Aquila and Priscilla, let's say all six of them walked in here into this room in Toronto where I'm talking to, you know, maybe less than 100 people in this room, and they walked in, they said, is this all there is in the church in Toronto? And I would say, well, just look at that camera that I'm talking to. I'm talking to people in rooms all over Toronto and Canada, and even some people across the world, and, and I'm not the only one, there are churches all across Toronto that are reaching thousands and tens of thousands of people, and across Canada, hundreds of thousands of people, and you go across the world. Listen, what you started in the first century has resulted in us bringing the good news of Jesus to billions of people who would claim that they are a follower of Jesus today. And you know what they would say? They'd say, wow. What we started in Jerusalem has become much bigger than we ever planned, much bigger than we ever imagined it ever could. Now, I want to take you in this room in Toronto and you in your room with me on, online in this gathering. I want to take you to, uh, to another room the throne room of heaven. And there are billions of people there from every language, tribe, and nation. And one of them comes up to you and says, thank you. Thank you? I, I, do I know you? No, no, maybe you don't, but I heard that you were part of that one church TO in Toronto who had a global focus weekend and prayed for and raised funds to send someone to my nation, and I heard about Jesus through them, and that's why I'm in heaven today. Wow. Wow. That, that, that's that's, that's so much bigger than me. More was going on than I knew. Mary, Martha, and and, and Peter and Paul and Aquila and Priscilla are saying the same thing. It's so much bigger from the first century than what we ever thought it could be in the 21st. And then someone else comes up to you in the throne room of heaven, and, and they're a Torontonian. And they say, I want to thank you for what you did. And you're saying, do I know you? No, maybe you don't, but your church had that love army. <laughs> and what you did was unignorable in the city of Toronto. And it's because of what you did together as a church that I began to understand that Jesus loves me and I gave my life to him and that's why I'm here today. Do you understand what we're talking about? We can be this army of love. Next weekend, by the way, you're going to hear about, don't miss it. This love army, great new opportunities for us as a church family. But listen, every once in a while, I get a note or an email or a card from someone, and I'm trying to remember who they were, because maybe they were a neighbor that we lived beside in the past in a city or a neighborhood here in Toronto. Uh, maybe there's someone that I, I, I did church with in the church family. But I, I, you know, one of them, I just pulled it out, because I don't know who this is. But they said, here's all they said didn't sign their name to it. They just said, thank you for hitting me hard with your gentleness. Your gentleness brought me to Jesus. <laughs> I had no idea. I don't even know what they're talking about. Invisible to me, but unignorable to them. You know, that's what you're going to have happen when you're in heaven someday, if you're successful at what will reveal Jesus to people. You're going to have people come up to you and say, it's because of what you did. It's like what you said, even during those COVID days that, that you didn't even know it maybe, but because of what shone through you of Jesus. What you did at work, your good works pointed and glorified your Father in heaven. And that's why I'm here today. Here's what we're saying. Wherever you are, 
You are part of a success much bigger than yourself. So much bigger than yourself. Now the Bible tells us the reaction of the disciples when Jesus ascended. Do you remember how, how they reacted? How many? No, they just stood there. When Jesus ascends into heaven, they were sort of like Esther and I when our grandkids come to visit and they're leaving, whether they're walking down the hallway of the condo or whether they're driving away in the car, we just keep watching and watching till the last glimpse of them just evaporates and we just stand there. That's what the disciples did when Jesus was ascending. Just went up into heaven. They kept looking for, looking for. So like, don't, don't leave yet, you know. It's a wonder Peter didn't start a chant. Three more years, three more years. Don't leave us, Jesus. But listen, never mind the disciples. What was going through Jesus' mind as he ascended into heaven and he looks down upon this group of disciples who just weeks before had abandoned him right when he needed them most when he was going to the cross. And now he's leaving the only message of hope for the entire human race in their hands. Can you imagine Jesus? He's ascending up and he looks down and he sees skeptical Thomas with his doubts, loving John with his pouts, and Peter with his foot-shaped mouth. <laughs> looks down. Jesus, are you going to leave the destiny, the eternal destiny of the billions of people who live and will live on the planet with these dudes and dudesses? Are you going to leave it with them? And you know what Jesus would say? With them and my spirit. With them and my spirit. Here's how he says it. He says to them, he says, verse 49, And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Here's, here, here's, here's the, the whenever. We've seen the, the wherever and we've seen the whatever. Here's the whenever. Whenever God asks you to do something, he gives you what you need to succeed at it. <laughs> How many are thankful God never orders something without picking up the bill? He always has what it takes and he can afford it. He always has what it takes to, to allow us to be successful. And by his spirit, he's going to allow you, you to be successful. Because his spirit is for you. He, he's come to give you, you know, uh, some say, yeah, but I'm not successful. I fail. Listen, if you fail and you say, I'm sorry, God, and you turn to him and you learn and you grow... That's success. Jesus didn't come and die on the cross for us because we were already successful, but because we were already failing. We needed his help. And his spirit will come and help us become increasingly successful as we follow him in our lives. You know, uh, one of my grandsons was um, in one of those bouncy castles. He was getting pretty good at it. So he fell a lot, but then he started to jump and jump and jump. He, 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 he yelled out to his brother from the bouncy castle, he said, hey, Mac, Cormac, he calls him Mac. Hey, Mac, do you like seeing me so happy? <laughs> do you like seeing me so happy? Do you know how we make Jesus happy? Through our failures and successes, when we turn more and more to the Holy Spirit's help in our lives, to help us through.
See, Jesus will help you when you don't know what to pray. How many are in one of those states right now? Listen, be with us in those community group teachings in November. The Holy Spirit will help you when you don't know what to pray. Secondly, Jesus will lead you into all of the truth that you need to succeed. You know, sometimes Jesus, why didn't you tell me this? Why don't you just line it all up for me? Listen, just like the first followers of Jesus, Jesus didn't download them everything all at once. He gave them what they needed at that point in time to succeed. He'll do the same thing for you. How many have found this? That God tells us what we need to know on a need-to-know basis. Sometimes we didn't even know we needed to know that until we get ourselves into a situation where all we have is God and he reveals himself that he is enough. So, so we, we, we are in those situations where he leads and guides us, guides us into all the truth that we need to succeed. And then third, Jesus comes alongside you with personal encouragement. How many could use Jesus by his spirit coming alongside you right now? We're gonna, we're gonna pray with you in just a moment. And then Jesus empowers you to bring his life to people. How many are thankful, COVID or no COVID, Jesus by his spirit is going to give us what we need to succeed. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. By his spirit, not us, by his spirit. Let's pray together. Father God, in this final moment of our Reconsidering Success series, Help us to, to define success by what we contribute to others, by what outlasts us, for what, by what pleases you. Help us to use whatever successes we have in this life as tools to help other people become successful in what matters. The next generation, others in our lives, Lord, we pray. And Lord, we also pray right now for those online and in this room at Kennedy and Finch in Toronto, who need to know right now that they're not alone. They need just that spiritual, reassuring, reaffirming hug from the Holy Spirit. Come alongside them, Lord. Encourage them. Help them. Lead them. Empower them. Help them know that they're going to get through this with your Spirit's help. And Lord, thank you. We... Think big now. We thank you for entrusting us with the hope for humanity in our time in human history. And just like your first followers, help us to be faithful because your spirit is with us every bit as much as he was with them. So Lord, as a church, as a, as a one church to you, empower us to be an army of love in a world of selfishness. And as individual followers of Jesus, help us, help us make more space for your spirit in our lives, more space for you to help us and lead us and encourage us and empower us, Lord, we pray. Oh, we pray in your eternal and overcoming name, Jesus. Amen and amen. Love you, church. Bless you. Thanks for listening. 
If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live. We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time.